Welcome to Yes, X or No Audio. Dear listeners and peaceniks, you may recall a recent publication in which you were challenged to think about what you would do if you were the global dictator for five years. I have another thought experiment for you today. On a recent Randy Credico Live on the Fly radio program, he interviewed both Roger Waters and Scott Ritter. During the discussion, Scott Ritter proposed an idea which caught my attention. It seemed a very simple and useful, clever even, plan, although he did not expand much on how he saw it being implemented, which led me to think, well, if this is a good idea, which it seems, how could this be done? which is the subject of the following ramble. Ritter's idea goes back to a sort of a seminal moment for him in his evolution uh, as a man. He had been trained in the US Marine Corps for many, many years to learn how to kill Russian soldiers. That was what they did. He remarks in the discussion that they were learning how to fire nuclear-armed artillery. I had no idea that this was something that was happening at the time, but I trust that Risser is not misleading us and informing us well. After the INF Treaty is signed, which is the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, He's assigned to go to Russia and to oversee this process of the decommissioning of a whole class of nuclear weapons. Whilst in Russia, he learns of the Russian people and their culture and softens his understanding and recognises that all of this training to learn to kill these people was somewhat misdirected. The core of his proposal is to fund US families to go and visit Russia, to learn about who the Russian people are, to learn of their culture and the land in which they live and hang out with them and learn to live and let live, understand the different cultures and the richness of them and their history and so forth. So this is what he is suggesting, but he places no architecture or design on how it can or should be done. This is what I set myself to thinking about. I'll lay this out for you. And it's very poorly, it's certainly incomplete. So I hope you can think about this and come up with your own ideas about how could this be done? Ritter's concept is basically that American families, like millions of them, should travel to Russia, be given 5,000 US dollars, and be given free reign to just, you know, tour Russia and learn about their culture, etc. Great idea. And as I was thinking about it, I thought, no, we should expand this. This This is not enough. 
we if we really want this to actually do what he's talking about there's a greater approach and that is not just to use civilian families but also military families so that's the first expansion and the second is that we want a return i.e russian or chinese families come to the u.s so we want an exchange on the civilian and military level of families exchange doing a cultural exchange between the cultures further thinking about this led me to recall that there is a model for this it's been done for decades it's called sister cities these are mayors between you know the brits or the americans and people and cities in russia or cameroon or thailand or wherever setting up cultural exchange programs between the sister cities families would travel back and forth between the cities and learn about their history and culture and natural environment and so forth to foster this cultural exchange so to put this all together we are looking at an exchange between the 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 nation states which are feeling threatened by one another predominantly so right now that's the us russia china and possibly others as well and sort of ramping up the concept of the uh, city exchange approach but doing this in a more sort of systematic way so we're talking about having both military families and civilian families visiting nations which are currently sort of aligned or assigned by the executive branch as you know we hate them and you know they all hate us and all this other rubbish that you get from the media to sort of ameliorate this level of tension i.e it's a defense program we're trying to stop wars that's what a defense department department should do stop wars so this is a peace program and i thought well the way to fund it is obviously out of the defense department budget in the u.s obviously they have lesser defense department budgets in russia and china but they will work out how to fund it themselves this is the concept to identify the collection of nations that are feeling threatened by one another and exchange and, and establish cultural exchange programs on a quite massive scale between these countries to prevent war as a quick summary of all the insanely stupid things that humans do war is right up there at the top of them it's the most insanely dumb thing that you can do and to do it you have to emotionally manipulate a population into believing that what they are doing is the best thing that can be done this takes quite some effort especially in societies that actually have you know free elections democracy all that sort of stuff but it, it's universally true it really doesn't matter very much about the political system you have to emotionally manipulate the population into believing that doing the stupidest thing that people do is the right thing to do and of course 
The mechanism for delivering this emotional manipulation is the media. So the question is, how can we undermine this ability to convince emotionally manipulate a population to think that war is a good plan? And a simple way of doing it is this fundamental idea of cultural exchange. Nah, we don't want to go and attack these people. I remember we went to Madagascar. Great place, nice people, good food, all stuff. No, we don't want to attack them. Come on, come up with a better plan. So my first ruminations on how this could be done was thinking that essentially this is a defence plan and therefore it should be funded from the exorbitant US defence budget. Well, how could that be done? Idea number one was, well, all these 850-odd external bases, yeah, why don't we just scale that back a bit, you know, get rid of 300 of them or something like that. Now, that's going to cost a little bit up front because, of course, it doesn't matter what you want to do with the US military, it always costs more money. You want to go to a war, we need money. You want us to uh, withdraw forces, we need money. You want us to twiddle our thumbs, we need the same amount of money. It's just money, 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 money. So, okay, so this is sort of insurgent idea, which is, all right, let's get the uh, the head of the chief of staff or whatever it is and, you know, their counterparts from the army or the air force or whatever going, all right, let's save a bit of money. Let's, let's just sort of draw down the resource expenditure a bit and create a little slush fund. And then what we're going to do with that is fund some of these exchange programs. How the hell are you going to do that? I don't know. It's sort of an insurgent peacenik bloody, you know, joint chiefs or staff head or whatever. I can't work it out. But this is the concept that a percentage of, first of all, reduce the US military budget. And second of all, take a major component of the savings made and invest that into cultural exchange programs. And as I was saying, Ritter's idea is just talking about US families. I extend that to also military families, not just civilian, but military. And what it needs is a return flow from the currently marked, you know, enemies, Russia and China. So what we want is for the Russian and Chinese governments to also say, all right, we'll fund this too, to this cultural exchange program. And I believe that the Russians and the Chinese would go, yeah, we're cool with that. It wouldn't take much to get them to say, yeah, cool, we'll fund a bit of that, no problem. So then what you end up with is millions of families per year spending a couple of weeks in countries where there's this current war drumming rah-rah-rah happening and achieving this degree of cultural exchange. And what does that do? It serves as a partial bulwark, like a, like a beginning of an inoculation against the bullshit that we get from the media, which is the emotional manipulation to create the wars in the first place. So I think it's actually a potentially very effective plan for peace, which means you don't have to spend so much money on your military because people are not going to war. So if by some magic this can be established, what happens? There's a sort of inversion of approach. Instead of thinking about how we're going to kill all these people, you're thinking, oh gosh, let's say you're a, 
a US military family. And you're not going to be traveling to Kamchatka or to Kwandong. You're going to be receiving, let's say, a Russian family. And your job, and you should be, you know, given time off in lieu or, you know, some funding to support this, your job is to display your culture to the visiting military family. So, what are you going to do? You're going to take this you know, visiting family and you're going to make sure they get to eat some, you know, Ben and Jerry's. You're going to take them to whatever the local beautiful uh, natural resources are in, in, in the U.S. Like Yosemite National Park or the Grand Canyon or all of these amazing uh, natural beauty this, that exists in the U.S. And of course, you're going to be sensitive to the fact that they have their own cultural palate and make sure that they have ability to engage in your cuisine, but also have the ability to, you know, visit restaurants of their type, you know, cultural, whatever it is, Russian, Chinese, whatever, to, you know, so that they get, you know, the picture, hey, we're not just, we're not just McDonald's, you know, we've got Russian restaurants too, and Chinese, and whatever, and Mexican, and da la la la, come and enjoy our culture, you know? And observe our, the natural beauty of the land in which we live. And come into our houses. Be a part of our family. Let's have our kids play together. And this is one of the key points of my ruminations on this. The families to go about this exchange need to bring with them their children. And especially children who will remember this. So that means there's a sort of cut-off point, cut point, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, something like, somewhere in there. You go, all right, these are children who are old enough to remember the experience because it's not just the, the parents of the families that you want to experience this cultural exchange, it's the children. So this becomes a long-term foundation to inoculate the population against the propaganda of war and emotional manipulation that goes with it. But this was sort of my, I, I still don't know how to build this thing, but this is the concept. So it becomes a multi-generational bulwark against the emotional manipulation that creates wars. This is the concept. And of course, it goes both ways. You have an American family, say civilian, visiting a civilian family in China and they're going to, I don't know, pick some place in China. And they, of course, the the receiving family needs to, you know, spend a bit of time helping them to understand, you know, some of the local sights and sounds and, you know, cultural exchange, but also being aware of the fact that, the, you know, the American palate is, you know, not the same as the Chinese palate. So that will you know, take some effort to, ex you know, expose the family to some of Chinese uh, cuisine, but also make sure they have access to the sorts of foods that they're familiar with. Same idea. How can you be a good host? So this is the idea to invert conflict into hospitality. And my God, would this reboot the tourist industry after the rubbish policies that we've seen coming out through the COVID blah, blah, blah story. We can reboot 
international commerce at the trade level through a peace program. Fuck crying out loud. So there it is. I've got no idea how this is possible. But as I look at it, it's an absolute win, 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 win. Let's reboot the tourism industry. Let's set up a, a framework for cultural understanding, living together as we all are the same bloody species living on this planet. We need to learn how to live with one another and not let these pricks sitting at the top of the fucking pyramid divide us and split us and set us at wars against you. The fucking disaster. Wars are a disaster. Except for the bastards who are making money out of it. And to close, I will mention Major General Smedley Darlington Butler, who I consider be to be one of the most heartfelt, serious patriots of the United States of America. He served in wars in the early 20th century all over the damn place. And he remarked at the end, once he'd worked out how stupid this whole thing was, that, you know, oh, there's this mafia, you know, Don who's, who's running, you know, operations over, you know, three states. And he went, well, yeah, I ran it over three continents. He recognised that the US military was being used as a sort of enforcement arm of a mafia of corporate influence. He understood in the end what this was all about. He also defeated a fascist coup in the USA known as the business plot, which many people do not know about. I firmly believe that his portrait should be hung in the Oval Office and people should understand who he is, or was, I should say. Here we have a plan. Very simple. Reboot global economy. Get the poor tourist industry, you know, back in doing what they do. It's wonderful to visit other cultures. And here is also a plan that can reduce the likelihood of war, which is the stupidest thing that we do. It creates a potential positive future. It's a, Anyway, I don't know how this can be done, but my God, is it a damn good idea. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.